You know, I remember some of the Tishabovs that you can't really say privilege when you're talking about Tishabov. You can't really say I had the privilege to spend Tishabov in such and such a setting. Tishabov is never a privilege, but if we would be able to use that word in describing Tishabov, if we could use such a word, I remember the first few years I had the privilege of experiencing Sensei Tishabov in Eretz Yisrael. My first year in Eretz Yisrael, I was a Bachar learning in the Mir Yeshiva. Is after many, many years of Tishabov here in Chutzla Arts in the States. And I was in the mirror, and already in the mirror, and you're in Eretz Yisrael, you feel a little bit more, a little bit more of a connection. You're in Israel, you're in Yushalayim, you're 25 minute walk away from the Kaisal, from the site of the destruction, from the site of the Churban Beis Mikdash. I was in the mirror Yeshiva, and you're surrounded, surrounded with people that lived their whole life in Eretz Yisrael. And you have in the same base Medrash, learning there in the Mir Yeshiva, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th generation Yushamis, Jerusalemites, people that were born and bred in Jerusalem, coming from hundreds of years of descendants of people that have breathed the air of Yushalayim, and been exposed to the Kaisal, day in and day out, exposed to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And I remember my first year being gripped by such a feeling, such a an appreciation for Tisha B'Av, and the atmosphere, and, and the vibe. And not not only because of the setting and the location and the crowd and the people that were there, but the whole experience, the whole setting was different. They passed out candles, they turned out the lights. They passed candles around. Everyone lit a candle on the bench. Very subdued. Very morose. Real mourning, real avelis. Next year, next year wasn't the same anymore. My next year in the mirror, we're sitting on the floor with the benches, with the lights dimmed, with all the Yushamis around me. A 25 minute walk from the Kaisa with the candles. It was already a feeling of, oh, this again, we're doing it again. We're doing it again. And then a couple years after that, I had the schus of actually being by the Kaisa itself on the Tishabav. How often do we get to spend Tishabov, Lel Tishabov, at the Kaisal, sitting at the foot of the Kaisal itself, the Kaisal Ma'rabi, saying Kinnis over there. Again, I think Chassashon to use the word privilege when you're talking about Tishabov. Never a privilege to have Tishabov. We don't want Tishabov. But if there's going to be a Tishabov, it's certainly a privilege to experience it in an authentic way. And a few years after that, I decided to go spend Tishabov by the Kaisal itself. By the Kaisal itself. And Rabbi Isai is sitting by the Kaisal on Tishabov, the night of Tishabov. You have Yidin that are sitting there and crying. Again, you have the Yushalmis, you have the people that grew up in Eretz Yisrael, the people that are 7th, 8th generation Yushalmis. People that have Jerusalem in their blood. The people that have the Chur Beis in their, in their in their lives. And you're sitting in, the, in this company, sitting there by the Kaisal, the sight of the Churban itself, weeping, crying, saying the Kinnis, and reading the book of Eicha. What a powerful experience. And for me, it was... Powerful is an understatement. Is an understatement. And I decided to try it out again. The next year, I went against the Kaisal. And again, the next year, it wasn't the same thing anymore. 
The next year I saw already a, a diminishment. Yeah, okay, I did this last year. I guess I'm doing it again. And that's the diminishment that we have here in Gaulus. Year after year after year after year, we kind of get together on the night of Tisha B'Av. And on a certain level, there's this attitude of, oh, I guess we're doing it again. We're still here. We're still doing this. And we just get so numbed, so desensitized to Tisha B'Av. Yeah, it's not Gishmak. It's not pleasant. The three weeks aren't Gishmak. The three weeks really are not pleasant. Tisha B'Av certainly, Tisha B'Av is the apex of all that. But where's the shock effect? Where's the shock effect that's supposed to be there? We can try to shock ourselves. Again, let's go to Eretz row, let's go to the mirror, let's sit on the floor, let's turn off the lights, let's light the candles on the benches. That spooky, eerie feeling. Great, it'll last us a year. It'll last one Tisha B'Av. Do it a second year, do it two years in a row, it'll be different, it'll start to wear off. We can go to Eretz Yisrael, we can go to Yushalayim, we can go to the Kaisal and all sit together by the Kaisal. We can visualize sitting by the Kaisal. Imagine what that's like, Rabbi Say. I'm sure I'm not the only one here that's ever been able to do that. But I don't know if the majority of the people in this room have been able to do that. Sitting by the Kaisal. Sitting with the Kaisal right behind you when you're weeping about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. How powerful, how strong, how gripping. Do it a second year. It's not the same anymore. They're not the same. We're so desensitized, so numbed. And yeah, we're waiting for the for the Gaulus to be, be over. We're waiting for the Churban to reverse itself. We're waiting for the Geula. We're waiting for the Geula. But in the meantime, the Rebbein has not decided yet it's the appropriate time. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Part of bucking that trend, part of reversing things, is really trying to tap into Tisha B'av. And let Tisha B'av be what it's supposed to be. Tisha B'Av is supposed to be shocking. It's supposed to be numbing. Not, not being broadcast to people that are already numbed. It's supposed to blow our senses away. Not fall on ears that are already desensitized. We have to let Tisha B'Av shock us. Jolt us. And how do we do that, Rabbi Yisai? We can do that. If we let Tisha B'Av shock us, we're one step closer to not having another Tisha B'Av. How do we let Tisha B'Av shock us? How does it become a shocker? You know, it really comes down to one word. And that one word is what Tisha B'Av is all about, what the Churban is all about, what tonight is all about. If there's one word that captures all of Tisha B'Av, all of the three weeks and everything that we're doing tonight, it's one word that Chazal and the Torah itself is so clear about. That one word is Eicha. Eicha clearly is the word that summarizes everything. As we would say, touches everything up, captures and characterizes everything. We're about to lay Eicha. We have Eicha again and again and again. We have Eicha. Four prakim out of five begin with Eicha. Today in Zvarim Shabbos Chazoin, we have an Eicha in the Torah today, which we lay an Eicha trap. Moshe Rabbeinu says an Eicha. And we're told the Rebbeinu Shalaylam was the first one to say Eicha, says the Medrash, to Adam Arishan. Eicha. And so many of the kinas that we're going to be reciting tomorrow are sprinkled and peppered with a heavy dose of this word too. Eicha, Eicha, Eicha. All fingers are pointing to this word. If there's one idea that summarizes, characterizes and captures Tisha B'Av, and if there's one word that's really there to jolt us, to wake us up and to let us appreciate a little bit maybe what Tisha B'Av really is and what it's supposed to be, it's this word Eicha. 
Why Eicha? Why is this thematic of the entire Tishab of why this word? Because it's one word that's so simple and so basic, yet so strong and powerful in capturing the entirety of what's going on right now. And that one word Eicha just means how. How did this happen? What's going on and how on earth did this happen? Eicha, Eicha rather, Eicha is an expression, exclamation of something that can't be expressed. It's expressing the inexpressible. It's giving voice to something that's unvoiceable. And just a Klal that's in shock. And a Klal that's stunned, surveying the chaos, the damage, the ruins. And Klal looking around and saying, what happened? What happened? How could this have happened? How could this have happened? And turning that around, what does that mean? Why is that the word that summarizes all of Tisha B'Av? Because really this shouldn't have been able to happen. Who are we? We're Klai Yisrael. We're the Amman Ivchar. We're the Mamlechus Goyhanim V'Goy Kadosh. We're Hashem's chosen nation. The Rebbein Shem took us out of Egypt. Al-Kan Fein on eagle's wings. We're set apart from every other nation. Our Nishamas are unique. And that they're there by the Kizaya covered by the Rebunsham, and no other nation can make that claim. We receive the Torah. We're destined for Olam Haba. We're the ones who are mitzvahs. Our mitzvahs affect the entirety of the universe. No other nation can make this claim. We're Hashem's chosen and beloved people. No one can come close to making such a claim. And on such a nation, there's only one word tonight for such a nation. And that word is Eicha. How did this happen? What's going on? How are you guys in Golis? In Golis for 2,000 years. Downtrodden by every single nation. Despised by the highest to the lowest form of humanity. How? How did this happen? It's impossible. It's unfathomable. And yet we're sitting on the floor. Weeping the destruction of the base on Mikdash. It clearly happened. It clearly happened. This is the word, Rabbi said, that the night is all about. This is what Tishabov is all about. Eicha. How on earth did this happen? And there is no answer. There is no answer. There's only expressing the inexpressible. And questioning what something that, that what, what is unfathomable, that is what tonight is all about. Eicha. How on earth did this happen? And when we tap into that, when we understand that, we allow ourselves to, to grab onto that. We can be shocked. We can be shocked a little bit. And we can be woken up a little bit and shaken up a little bit. And there's hope for us a little bit. This is why. It's Eicha, Eicha, Eicha. And this was the Rebbeinah Shalom's original Eicha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at Adam Arisha. After he sins, Ayeka and Chazal tell us the Rebbeinah was really saying Eicha. The Rebbeinah observes Adam and says on Adam, Eicha, how on earth did this happen to you, Adam? I gave you one mitzvah. One mitzvah and one avera. And if you would have kept that one mitzvah, you would have gone straight to Elam Haba. You would have gone straight to eternity. One mitzvah and you blew it. You went from the very top to the very bottom. How did this happen? It's unfathomable. It, 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 there's no explanation. There's no understanding for that contrast of how Adam goes from the highest of the heights to the lowest of the lows. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's observation on, on Adam himself, on, on Adam Eicha. 
And that's our expression and our, our observation on ourselves tonight. Eicha. How on earth did this happen? So if we're going to succeed a little bit in, in, in shaking ourselves, waking ourselves up, understanding what Tisha B'Av is all about, and, and, and really de-desensitizing ourselves, resensitizing ourselves, it's this one idea, it's this one word, Eicha. Eicha. For us to look around and understand that what we're seeing tonight doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense, Rabbi Say. None of us should be here. We shouldn't be sitting on the floor with the lights dimmed. We should all be in Yushalayim. We should all be there. <coughs> Singing and dancing by the base of Mikdash, bringing Karbanas. Kleiso in our glory, in our zenith. That's where we should be. None of this makes any sense. That a nation so high can fall so low. None of this makes any sense. That's the shocker. That's what we have to internalize. Now we say one more thing in Eicha. There's one more thing that comes up again and again and again in Eicha. And that's the concept of Ein Menachem Lo. We keep saying. Comes up three, four times. Ein Menachem Lo. There's no Menachem. There's no one to console us. There's no one to calm us down. We have nobody to placate us. No one to make us feel, no one to make us feel better, says Klai Yisrael. That's what we lament. We say this repeatedly over the book of Eicha. No one's there to come and console us as we're going into Gullus. No one's there to pat us on the back, to put their arm around our shoulder and say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. No one's there to console us. We weep and lament. No one's there to console us. What does it take to have somebody to console you? All it takes for somebody to console you is someone who can say, they went through the same thing as you did. Yeah, I went through that too. I experienced the same thing. There's no one that's out there that can console us. No nation has ever gone into exile. No nation has ever experienced persecution. Come on, give me a break. We don't have a monopoly on, on, on suffering. Plenty of nations have gone into exile. Plenty of nations have suffered and been persecuted, been hunted. How can we have no one to console us? How can we have nobody to calm us down? Why do we have no one who is out there that can console us? What's that supposed to mean? We, we say it again and again and again. And the answer is, there really is nobody out there to console us. There isn't. Yes, other nations have gone into Golis. And other nations have gone into exile. And other nations have suffered. Horribly and miserably. But no matter how far any nation sinks and stumbles and falls, there's one thing that that nation always has, and that's a guardian angel. Every nation has a malach, a sar, an angel appointed over it in Shemaim that looks after that angel. Someone to lobby for that angel, someone to for that for that nation, someone to advocate for that nation. Every nation has that advocate in Shemaim, even in their state of exile, even when they're being persecuted. But that's the difference between them and us. We don't have an angel. Klaisel doesn't have a guardian angel. We don't have any Sarin Shemayim. We have the Rebbeinu Shalom himself. He's the one that looks out for us. He's the one that watches over us. We have no angel though. And that means that we're always in one of two states. And this works either to our tremendous advantage or our, to, to our debilitating disadvantage. The fact that we have no Malach. We're either at the very height, above everyone, above every other nation, al-kanfei nisharim, above everyone. 
When we were supposed to be, when we're on good terms with God, we're above everybody, we're untouchable. Because we have no angel, we have Hashem Himself, and Hashem lifts us above everybody. Or, if we fall out of grace with the Rebbeinu Shalalim, if we sink, if we fall and falter, HaKadosh Baruch Hu lets us fall. He lets go. He lets go and we plummet. We plummet down with a crash and a thud. There's no one to look after us anymore. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns around, and he, so to speak, abandons us, in a state of gullus, in a state of exile, then we're all alone. All alone. <coughs> and there's nobody else there. We have no angel, no advocate anymore. We're told we're either, like the Kaychvi HaShemaim or the Afara Arts, the stars or the sand. And yes, it's one or the other. We're either the stars above everyone or the stand under everyone's feet that everybody is stepping on. And that's why Eimah Nachimla, in the state of Gullus, we indeed have nobody to look after us. When the Rebbein Shalom has turned around, when he's turned his back on us, we plummet with the dust under everyone's feet. And no one can come and console us for this because every nation, as far as they go, and as, as fall, far as they fall, they still have somebody to look out for them. They have that star, they have that angel, they have that malach. Not so us. Tonight on Tisha B'av, we've taken down the Parochis. Salsam Tzafilasi. The Rebbeim has turned around. We're under everyone's feet. Every single nation in the world is, is stomping on us, treading on us. And our cry has to be, Eicha. How could this happen? It doesn't make any sense. It's impossible. And that cry, Rabbi Yisai, let that cry shock us a little bit, shake us up a little bit. Be'ez Hashem Yisbarach. It'll be the last year we have to shout Eicha.